When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Nebraska Public Media Sports brings you live coverage of the NSAA High School Baseball Championships from Werner Park in Omaha on Friday, May 17th. Catch the Class C game at noon Central, Class B game at 3.30 p.m. Central, and Class A at 7 p.m. Central on Nebraska Public Media. Welcome to Herd at Sports Radio. Good morning. Welcome into Herd at Sports Radio. I'm Ravi Lula. Andrew Rogers here with me as well. Good morning, we man. We are coming to you live from AM590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities. We're at the Herd at Sports Bar and Grill, the H&H Chevrolet stage. We are here on YouTube and Twitter as always. Our good friends on YouTube always joining us. We appreciate you guys. Uh... Good morning, TK. Appreciate the kind words there. Um, We've got a good show for you here today. Coming up at 8 o'clock, we've got Brian Christofferson from Husker 24-7. We've got Kevin Suits, our guy from 1011 News in Lincoln. He joins us at 8.30. We've got Joe Cook at 8.45 to talk a little. I know. Listen, guys, I know. Before we even get this, I know. (laughs) Talk a little Texas football and the reason we're talking Texas football, we're trying to get to a bunch of the major players in this conference uh, championship weekend. Texas is, you know, I'm not not want to go Mac Brown on here, but Texas is a powerful player. Um, this is one of those weekends where we talked about this yesterday or Monday, I think, with Barrett. Texas is a powerful player. Thank you, Shane. Uh, <laughs> there is. A, there's some hilarious scenarios where the committee's going to be tying themselves in knots trying to figure out what to do. And Texas is at the center of, I mean, Texas might be one of the most key points of this mm-hmm. these scenarios because that win over Alabama makes it almost impossible to put Alabama in if they beat Georgia. That's a big if, right? But if Alabama beats Georgia, it's almost impossible to put Alabama in and not Texas in. Um, yeah, and it's it's even more impossible because Texas is moving to the SEC. And so it's not like you can't consider them on the same playing field. Right. Um, this is – Well, they've and they're playing great right now. I mean, they're playing great really football. Good, this is a really good Texas team. And, yeah. look, it's a good Alabama team. It's a good Georgia team. It's a good Michigan team. It's a good uh, Washington team. It's a good Oregon team. Yeah. Like, we'll go through the scenarios. It like, was a good Florida State team. I don't know if it still is. Well, yesterday they're apparently still pretty good in the committee's eyes yeah. because they are in the top four. And right. they should be in the top four because they are undefeated. They are and they're undefeated. doing it yeah. with a backup quarterback right now yeah. who doesn't uh, – I, I wouldn't say he looks like, you know, a top-end, you know, college football playoff quarterback, but he still looks serviceable he looks like for a, this team He right looks now. like a caretaker quarterback, which is fine. That's what they need, yeah. right? Because 
where Florida State wins their games anyway is with Trey Benson on the ground. Yeah, yeah. And so Jordan, just feed him a little bit more. Jordan Travis offered them a more dynamic offense, but they can absolutely win games. I mean, Mike Norvell's bread was kind of buttered, and I know he had, I think it was Paxton Lynch at Memphis who was good, but his bread is buttered in these really unique run game, run game schemes Run game schemes. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, 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 I have gamey to say. I haven't uh, drank enough of my monster here yet. Um, <laughs> Sorry, and I'm drinking some yellow Arctic. Yeah, that was bizarre. Yeah, I'm uh, still shocked. I, I texted am. my sister, man, and I go, "Did you know this was yellow?" And she's like, "Yeah." And I go, "What? Yeah, why? <laughs> In what world is Arctic freeze or Arctic Arctic vibe? Maybe the vibe is yellow. I no, don't know. No, but it's purple on the can. So uh, I, I pour my my Celsius this morning. No yeah. free plugs. And I I got Arctic vibe from the store. Arctic is in blue. Vibe is in purple. Everything else on the can is blue or white. So and you you would think like yeah. sparkling water is what clear clear right? yeah that, like that's just I expected it to think, be clear yeah right. So I asked Ravi what the color is, and he goes he he said clear first, and I go clear. No, no it's actually a color. Yeah, and he's like. Um, well, I would guess blue. Gotta be blue. <laughs> Arctic is always blue, right? I go, would you believe me if I thought I was pouring Red Bull this morning? Absolutely not. It's yellow. Totally bonkers. Um, it's yellow. But anyway, back to, back to Florida State. <laughs> yellow. It's, it's like, back to sports. It's like cold plays first hit. It's yellow. <laughs> um, it was all yellow. <laughs> the No, so, you know, there's actually a – kind of precedent for this and what Mike Norvell does offensively in, in kind of scheming up the run game and so it's really it'll be interesting to see I, I know Louisville lost but I think that's a good Louisville team that'll be a good test for them I don't that know that game's only separated by like two and a half three points yeah it's because I, I don't think anybody knows what to do with a with a Jordan Travis-less Florida State even though they've got a couple games with it now um, and I, I'll be honest I don't really know either I'm not judging I, I don't know what to do with it either because their competition in those games hasn't been what Louisville is I just think people are hoping Florida State loses right to I absolutely think that yeah to make it easier on and, everybody if Florida State loses they'll know like okay we can put this team in yes. we can put that team right? in it makes because because you're you're if they win against Louisville we're looking at a scenario where you've got an undefeated ACC champ Florida State you potentially, have if I mean if Washington wins they're in absolutely mm-hmm. no questions and asked, Oregon's right? out yes because there's second loss, loss team both to Washington mm-hmm. Washington's clearly the best team in the Pac-12. they'll still make a New Year's Six Bowl yeah they had a great year but they're out of the they're play, out right so you look at you look at that game if Oregon wins you've got a Washington team that's been one of the best teams all year with one loss they're probably out you've got Oregon as a one loss Pac-12 champ let's say Alabama beats Georgia and Texas wins against Oklahoma State. So you've got one loss, two-time defending national champion Georgia, who is not a conference champion, okay? That's one of the most interesting cases we'll have. You have one loss, Alabama, SEC champ, who lost to Texas. That's they, We're at two have, teams. They have to get to the four. Like we're that, at, that should put them at four. You would think. We're at two, though, okay? We would have a one-loss Texas team that beat Alabama. That's three. You have an undefeated Florida State team without their Heisman Trophy candidate. That's four. You have a one-loss Pac-12 champ in Oregon who has been, I think, one of the best football teams all year. Mm -hmm. That's five. You've got one-loss Washington 
who's also been one of the best teams all year, that has split the season series with Oregon. That's six. Am I forgetting anybody? No, I, I think the two teams, though, that should be really ticked off about their position. Oh, Michigan and Michigan. Well, Michigan's Michigan's kind of in as long as they beat Iowa, right? If they lose to Iowa, they're out. It's a hard out. If they beat Iowa, they're in. So if that's, they lose to Iowa, there won't be a Big Ten representing. Yeah, because Ohio State's out. Ohio mm-hmm. State is six. They are out. They Unless Texas loses in the yeah, Big 12 championship unless, like, game. Te- yeah, unless Texas loses, unless, you know. Florida State loses. Yeah, because I think a Florida State loss, a Texas loss, an Alabama loss would clean it up because then you've got Georgia. You'd probably still have Washington and Oregon. Yeah, you'd have Washington and Oregon, and then you might have um, you, you might have State. Ohio State slide in there. Maybe. Maybe. Well, I mean, is a one-loss Ohio State better than a one-loss? No, because Michigan would stay. Michigan would stay over Ohio State. Not if they lose to Iowa. Iowa's oh, they a, would stay, though, because they, they have the win over Ohio State, yeah, and but they got to the Big Ten Championship. Iowa's game. a worse loss for Michigan than Michigan is a worse Man, loss for see, Ohio know, State. You, you gotta, you but then you have the head-to-head. Head. you got to look at the standard, right? It's, see, that's what I mean. Because you, get, you got the extra game. Yes. Right? If you didn't have the extra game, you'd be in you'd already. Be in. Yeah. So I don't know how the committee would look at that situation. Maybe they're just like, hey, let's cut our losses and just say. Get rid of Michigan? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I let's honestly think if Michigan both. loses, they want no, nothing to do with them. Well, and you have to think about this too, right? Because we're talking about if X team beats X team. Right? Yes. So Georgia would be in. Yes, if they win. Georgia's in no matter what. You would have, I'm assuming Oregon is winning the Pac-12 in, in our scenario building here? Sure. So, so Oregon wins on, on Friday, too. They beat Washington. Washington may drop to four. Okie State can't get in. No. Because they're a three-loss team. Yeah. You have Iowa who can't get in. Right. Because they have a two-loss uh, record and you have Louisville and it's freaking out. Yeah, and, and mean, you have Louisville that's already a two-loss team. Yeah, like so they're not getting in either. If Louisville was a one-loss team, this is even. If they had beat Kentucky, maybe. Yeah, if they had beat Kentucky because they would they were at tenth at one loss. If they had beat Kentucky and then beat Florida State, which it's a big maybe. Been, it's a big maybe because yeah. even a two-loss Alabama team or Texas team is more appealing than your ACC champion. But we run eight deep with. No loss or one loss teams in the college football playoff rankings currently. And only four of those teams play each other. Mm-hmm. So Georgia plays Alabama and Oregon plays Washington. That's it. So you're looking at a, I mean, a genuine, even if, so if, if Chalk holds, your top four are going to be your top four, right? If Georgia wins, Michigan wins, Washington wins, Florida State wins, we have zero drama. That's probably the scenario that, I mean, I would guess that's that's the scenario that the committee is rooting for. Because the way they've positioned these teams, Texas and Alabama probably can't jump three or four spots to hop in as a one-loss team. Like, Texas specifically, because Alabama would have two losses in this scenario, right? But let's say Florida State loses. You've got three undefeateds. Is is Texas going to jump Ohio State, who's not going to take another loss, to get in there? I don't think so. I think mm-hmm. they're positioning this that Ohio State would be the next team in if Oregon doesn't beat Washington. It's, I mean, it, it can genuinely be a total cluster 
if this thing, if just a couple scenarios play out. And it, it seems almost likely because most people think Oregon's going to be Washington at this point, right? I do. Well, they're nine and a half point favorites. Yeah. I that's mean, crazy. Yeah, that number's and, way too and, big. And it's, it's almost criminal to Washington because Washington has – Two more quad one wins than Oregon And they beat Oregon. They beat Oregon already. (laughs) So why is it if Oregon wins, automatically Washington is out? Why? Yeah, I don't understand. That that blows my mind. I don't understand that at all. I understand Oregon being in if they win because they've been really good all year. They will avenge their only loss. And they only lost by what, like two, three points? Two or three, yeah. It was was a pretty late uh, score. It was a... It was a really good game, but that's also why I don't understand the nine and a half point line. And look, Michael Penix is still up for the Heisman, right? I mean, still still in the Heisman. I think race. he should win the Heisman. I don't. I'm not buying into the the Daniels from LSU. They've got three losses. Like, just move on. Like he was good, but let's not. I mean, uh, just another reason though why Washington deserves to be there. Yeah. Because why would you have your Heisman Trophy winner in any situation? Like, if it is Jaden Daniels, why would you have him winning your Heisman Trophy but not getting wins yeah. for their team? Well, and that's my right argument. That's my is argument it, what against is, what LSU. Is, what is the definition of the Heisman Trophy? I think it's just college football's most outstanding player. Most outstanding player, yeah. right? But to be the most outstanding player, it's not about putting up stats. Like if we if if we're going with most outstanding player in football, like look in the NFL, Justin Herbert would have won that award a couple of years sure. ago. And they didn't yeah. even make the playoffs right. the year he threw for five thousand yards and whatever <laughs> passing touchdown number he hit. So I think it was in the forties, yeah. So that's why you you have to award this award. To somebody that is competing for a national title, not somebody that's way on the out looking in, even if they do have crazy stats. Because if we're going with crazy stats, crazy numbers, there's other people out there that have crazy numbers too. Yeah, I mean, the there's a couple noticeable outliers in recent history, Johnny Manziel being one of them. Um and then Robert Griffin III be, being the other mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. with teams that like took multiple losses, were never really in the national title hunt. Man, um, how did they fare in the NFL? Well, I mean, it's not an NFL award, though, right? Like, I mean, Tim Tebow obviously <laughs> should have won the Heisman. He was never – like, he wasn't an NFL guy. Like, I'm okay with it not being an NFL re- award. But, like – We're just talking about guys that could elevate a program. Yeah, ele- like – Elevate a team. I, and I think, you know – Taking, I'm just curious how they fared in the NFL. Baylor to nine and three with if you're RG three, especially at that point in Baylor's history, is like and RG three was outstanding. It was almost equivalent to winning a national title other places. Like it's crazy how good, or how much they were elevated. Right, Johnny Manziel was fun to watch. Yeah, Johnny Manziel the like. I think that was kind of a product of that year. I can't remember who else was up for it that year, but for the most part, you're talking about guys that are either on zero or one-loss teams. They're in the hunt for a national title late in the mm-hmm. season. I mean, look at the most of the rest of the candidates this year. You're talking Michael Penix. You're, Jordan Travis was up there till he got hurt. You know, J.J. McCarthy was up there for a lot of the year. Um, I know he kind of faded from mentions, but like Marvin Harrison Jr. on Ohio State. Like, you want it to be a guy that is part of the most prominent winning programs in the country. You know, that's that's why, like, that's why Eric Crouch won it in 2001. It's because of what Nebraska was as a team and what he meant to Nebraska. His numbers were good. They weren't crazy, you know. And so, I, I don't know, the Daniels thing for LSU, I just I don't get why people are like, oh, yep, he's the Heisman. It's like, yeah, listen, I, I get he's putting up crazy numbers. You know who else who used to put up crazy numbers? Every Texas Tech quarterback ever. Guess how many Heismans they have? Zippo, <laughs> right? Like, it's not all about the stats. Well, I get that he's putting up great numbers. So, and, and Eric, 
Eric chimes in on, on YouTube and says, so it's not about the best player, but the best player on the national championship team. And, like, look, maybe it's personal preference to me, but, yeah, I want to see the guy who, who the best player. Who, I want to see a winner. Like, yeah, that, that it doesn't that, have to that's be That's kind of like where I sit. Like, I want to see somebody that can elevate their team and, and be – an all-time winner, but still a national championship contender. Like yeah, that's what I look contender. for in the Heisman Trophy. I think contender is so. Fair. Like, look, it's personal preference to me, and, and that may be true. But I don't want somebody that has three, four losses um, and thinking like, oh wow, because of their numbers, they deserve the national title or, or they deserve the Heisman Trophy. Because that you're not, you're not a winner at that point. No, and it's, you're, you're you're not doing anything for your team to be labeled a winner, especially at, at the quarterback spot. You know, like there was. Uh, several years ago, not to bring everything back to Nebraska, but, you know, that is where we live. Um, you know, like where Sue was up for the Heisman. I think he finished third. He was the best player in college football that year, like full stop. And as a defensive tackle, you have less control over a game than a quarterback does, right? So I think people were a little bit more willing to forgive. And listen, Nebraska was good that year. Don't get me wrong. They, uh, I think they finished with three losses uh, in the regular season there. And maybe Texas was their... Texas was their third or fourth loss in the Big 12 championship. Um, off the top of my head, I don't remember. I think it was their third. But if they had been a, if they had won that game against Texas, you're talking about a Big 12 champion, two loss Nebraska, and they would have been like ten, 10 and 11 and two, 10 and two, something like that. And they would, he would have, I think that would have elevated him from, hey, this is a the best player in college football on a pretty good team, versus, hey, this is the best player in college football on a team that knocked Texas out of the national title game, on a team that won a conference title. Like, his chances of winning that award would have been better, even already as the best player in college football, if they had won that Texas game. Didn't. And, and, you know, some people would argue that they did win that Texas game. We're looking at you one second. But um, <laughs> it's it's one of those things where – That's a bunch of BS. The, the BCS. What's that? The BCS! Thank so, you. So question here. Yeah. Um, because I, I, I'm trying to understand, and maybe you don't know the answer to it, but I'm reading one of Gary's comments on on YouTube, and he said, but when you outpace Joe Burrow, you have to be in the conversation. Who's he referring to here? I'm guessing he's talking about Daniels, um, but I don't I'd, – I'd have to compare their stats. But I, I, I didn't know if he was talking about somebody in 2019 or if he was talking about Daniels this I year. I think he's talking about Daniels this year putting up comparable numbers to Joe Burrow in 2019, which I'd have to do a side-by-side -side comparison here. Um, I don't – I mean, maybe Daniels between rushing and passing is pushing 60 touchdowns. Yeah, because this year uh, he's got 3,800 yards. He's got 40 touchdowns on, uh, to four interceptions. Like, he, he's an incredible That's a great, quarterback. Yeah, great numbers. Right, but we're also talking about Joe Burrow who put up 5,000 passing yards and 60 touchdowns. Yeah, so he's got – He won the Heisman in he's 2019. Got 50 total touchdowns if you include rushing. Um, nobody's going to touch the numbers, Joe Burrow. No, they're nobody's stupid. Nobody's going to touch those like, numbers. Like, they're really, really stupid, and I, I love them. That was one of – the most fun college teams to watch. Um, but wasn't, by the way, wasn't about 2009 when Sue was doing his thing, wasn't that the time period where the switch kind of switched over to uh, defensive end, offensive line, tight ends kind of coming into the forefront, even more so than like running back? You know, I mean, obviously quarterback's still there, but I mean, wasn't that like the time switch over? For, for in what sense? In what sense as in like, being the best best guys out there on the field, being the guys that were wanted, being the guys that were drafted high, being the guys that uh, I mean, if you go back, you know, like 
offensive linemen especially have always been drafted high, um, especially the tackles. Um, I think defensive ends and that's probably around the time defensive ends and defensive linemen in general started getting drafted a little bit higher. Um, tight ends started to become more prominent. Yeah, I mean, tight ends still don't go super high for the most part. You know, you're talking about maybe one a year goes in the top half of the first round, and usually it's back half of the first round, second, third round for those guys. Because, I mean, look at – I mean, you look at the best tight ends in the league. None of those guys were taken in the first round. I mean, Kelsey was a later-round pick. George Kittle was a fifth-round pick. Um, uh, I'm trying to think off the top of my head here. Most of the guys you think about, though, as the best tight ends in the league, I mean, like, yeah, Kyle Pitts was a high pick, and he was fourth overall. And what's, you know, we... No, he hasn't amounted to part, much because part of, of it's bad a situation. play. Yeah, part of it's a situation. I would love to see him in a functional offense. But you would think a guy that was taken fourth overall can create his own success? Like, yeah. Because, uh, let's, be, let's be frank here, the best wide receivers in the league get open. Yes. And, and the quarterback has to hit them, right? You're, not, you're an NFL quarterback majority of the time because you can make a throw. Yeah. Now, some can't, and we see that a lot. <laughs> right. But... You can create your own space, and Kyle Pitts just has a hard time creating creating space for himself. Yeah, and like I, like we said, not an ideal situation there, but it's also not a situation where um, where you you would think he'd been as as uh, unproductive as he has been so far. Just for the record, here on Jaden Daniels and uh, Joe Burrow. So Jaden Daniels, but even while having 1,100 yards rushing and 3,800 yards passing, his total yardage still has not surpassed Joe Burrow's just passing yardage. He is not even at 5,000. He's at just under 5,000 total. Joe Burrow had 5,600 passing yards alone. Now, That's I know insane. Joe Burrow had a couple more games here, So he, but Jane Daniels isn't going to get a couple more games. Jane Daniels is going to get one more game, and I don't think he's going to come up with another 1,000 yards of total offense in that game. Probably, because between Joe Burrow's rushing yards, which was almost 400, Joe Burrow was almost at 6,000 total yards in the season. He was also at 65 total touchdowns. So Jaden Daniels would have to go out and have 1,000 yards of total offense and 15 touchdowns to match what Joe Burrow did. So we're having different conversations here. And you know what? I'll say this too. Maybe my my interpretation of the Heisman is skewed because of how I've seen it awarded in the past, at least in my lifetime. It never goes to the best player in college. Well, that's not true. It, it does go to the best player in college football sometimes, but there are other cases to be made for other guys in, in college yeah. that they should get the Heisman Trophy but just don't because they aren't on a national they aren't championship on a good enough team. contending team. They aren't a good enough team. And so that's why my brain sits with – Jaden Daniels can't win it. Yeah. That right there is, is why I have the mindset of it has to be somebody right now that's in the college football playoff hunt. And you know what? If somebody gets knocked out this week, I'll probably narrow my, my slots down to four, maybe three, depending on who is in the college football playoff. Do I think Carson Beck should win it? No. No. I don't. But uh, the Heisman is out here to trick us. <laughs> because they, they trick you to think, like, this person should win it because they are just on that national championship team. Because I agree with TK. More defensive players should be in line to win this award. There yeah. are game changers out there. 
I mean, it's not just Charles Wood, Charles Woodson. Yeah, it's not just him. And honestly, Woodson wouldn't have won it unless he returned kicks and played a little bit of offense too. Like they were so, they were so biased against defensive players. But like, Sue was the best player in college football. Aaron Donald, he was so good. Aaron Donald, when he when his last year in Pitt was probably the best player in college football. Like you see these guys. Where does Jadavian Clowney rank? Uh, I don't think he was ever as dominant as those two guys, and his teams weren't quite as good. I mean, Pitt was not great, so that's why Aaron Donald never came close. But, yeah, I mean, defensive players probably need to be considered more, uh, but I guess that's kind of the the, the uh, version of the Heisman Trophy that a lot of the voters take. It's, ah, it's an offensive award, and sometimes it's like, ah, it's just a quarterback award. Uh, but we will... Hopefully get to more. I'm sure we've got plenty more to talk about here today on Herd at Sports Radio on AM590 ESPN Omaha and ESPN Tri-Cities.